Welcome to TBT with Grace and Emma, a podcast on the millennial generation and how we came to be. On this week's episode, we talk about uh, awards television shows. Yeah, we also will talk about millennials and tipping, as well as the conundrum over whether or not to stay in or go out. Yes to love. (laughs) Yes to life. Yes to staying in more. (laughs) Name the reference. Oh, I can't name it. Oh, it's 30 Rock. <laughs> oh. Is it Liz? Yeah. Great. Um, and I'm Emma. And I'm, and I'm um. Uh, I'm Grace. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the show. birthday is tomorrow yep which for those of you who know her means we are recording this on june 26th yep it is 2018 my, my golden birthday 27 on the 27th oh oh it is yeah oh you need like that needs to be the theme the theme is gold yeah i think outfit wise i was gonna go for that bond girl who's covered in gold paint mm. and gold finger yeah just naked with gold paint all over me yeah. You just wake up like that in the morning. <laughs> like suddenly you're just completely covered in gold. That's how I wake up on my golden birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and in honor of your golden birthday, I want to give you a present. Crinkle, 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 uh-huh. crinkle. That is so nice. And I also wanted to record the opening of this present because it fits with our theme. Oh, Ooh. sorry. Yeah. The theme is millennial. Oh my god. Well, I have a we millennial pink card on top. Oh yeah, you do. <gasps> these are bee earrings that Emma's gotten me. And why? Because, well, for one, bees are important to me, yep. as evidenced by the fact that I have a bee tattoo and a burgeoning bee earring collection. And now skyrocketed. Burgeoning bees. Oh, thank you. And then we got a little fern pin. Oh yeah. Oh my god. What is more right now than an enamel pin. Ooh! Ooh. Oh my god. Oh no. Yes. Oh yes. Alright, we got flipping succulent stationery. I love them! I'm so glad. They are... I'm gonna have a lot of trouble actually using them. I know. Well, I was thinking you could just frame them if you wanted... I think I might need to do that. If you wanted to do that. I was one of those kids, like, even when I had stickers, you know, stick like, when we were kids, had big stickers. Like, when you have stickers when as you a have kid? stickers as a kid. Grace struggling to explain the concept you know, stickers, of having you know stickers. <laughs> and I could not use them, because I was like, what if that perfect opportunity comes along when I can use this sticker, and mm. I, I wasted it on, like, my door. <laughs> yeah, yes. Or, like, a notebook. Yeah. I remember, like, saving the special stickers, and then it's like, but what are you saving them for? Exactly. Because at a certain point, you're like, oh, 12 years old, you're going through your room (laughs) shit, and you're like, damn it, this is a sticker that I treasured forever, and now it's, like, lost its stickiness because it's seven years old. Yeah, exactly. Now you can't use it at all. I know. Admiring your Lisa Frank uh, sticker (laughs) collection. It was just me. But yeah, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Oh my gosh, such millennial gifts. 
earrings to match my tat. I mean, this is perfect. She's a millennial, ladies and gents. I can't help it. I know. Yeah. Still in it. Speaking of. Speaking of, can't wait, <laughs> can't wait to chat more about yeah. our generation. MTV Movie and Television Awards. Yeah. All right, team. Here's the deal. I read this article in New York Magazine where they listed all the winners of the MTV Movie Awards from this year. Now, I don't watch this award show. I, like, barely watch award shows in general because TV is, like, so inaccessible. Like, live TV is so inaccessible for me. I'm all on Netflix. But can't do the live. Mm -hmm. Don't have it. Don't watch it. Um, so I get everything secondhand through media channels and I was just like really interested in this because I saw the list of winners and was suddenly like, oh my gosh, it's so different than I feel like it used to be in terms of like who is being highlighted for the youth. And then I like jumped ahead five steps in my head and was like, so essentially these patterns that I saw at the MTV Movie Awards in terms of like nominees and winners was like more people of color, uh-huh. more general gender neutral categories. Like they've completely abolished the idea of like the binary between female and male. Right. And they also um, have more uh, highlighting of what seems like non-heteronormative culture. Right. Which is very different than... The MTV Movie Awards where Sarah Michelle Gellar and Selma Blair won for Best Kiss. Right. Oh my gosh, so true. From Cruel Intentions. Right. Which was what, 2000? 2001? I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. Um, so I was looking at that and I was just thinking, wow, okay, here's a generation... Because I also don't think that the MTV Movie Awards is aimed at millennials. I think it's much probably more Gen Z, wouldn't you say? Who's watching MTV right now? Are we? Yeah, probably. Younger generations. Yeah. So then it makes me think, like, okay, who was instrumental in our understanding of award shows? Because when I think about the MTV Movie Awards, it's like, this is practice. Right. Like, it's not... It's like you have the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. Right. You have the MTV Movie Awards. You have, like, the BET Awards, the VH1 Awards. Those, I think, are a little bit, like, older. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like... The Oscars, the Oscars, and the Grammys. Tony's, Grammys, yeah, Emmys, Emmys, right? Golden Globes, right? And so I was thinking, like, okay, if we can trace backwards from like Oscars, the Oscars, to like who was sort of like in it's like the Junior Olympics for the Olympics. Right. I feel like I'm like all over the place right now, but it's like the MTV Movie Awards are the Junior Olympics for the Oscars, which are the Olympics. So you have like these like training grounds of like who's going to be the next star, right? And, like whether or not that talent actually comes to be is like TBD because like I don't think Sarah Michelle Gellar was ever in the running for an Oscar. Like so, this yeah. all makes me wonder why why do we have these? Right? Yeah. To, to honor and acknowledge folks at the top of their field, and their field is very external facing. Like, there are so many different awards for folks in their industry. Mm-hmm. This is one where these different industries are entertainment, and so we all care. Mm-hmm. The fascinating thing that I found is that the MTV Movie and TV Awards are voted for online by the public. 
the Oscars mm-hmm. are voted for by the Academy. The Academy. And yes, this year they did um, change some, like some statistics that I read are that um, the new class is really big compared to other classes. Of the Academy? Yeah. Of the Academy. Of the Academy. No, we need to, no, you need the the is that the the academy? The, you know how like when you say something in a in like a the academy would like to well silence yeah, yeah. your cell phones right that like ever like omniscient mm-hmm. committee um, is biggest than than it's ever been. The incoming class of the academy is forty nine percent women and thirty eight folks of color. Percent. But percent. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not numbers. 49% women, yep. 38% folks of color. But that means that overall, right now, the Academy is 31% female identified and 16% folks of color. So no one gets pats on the back for that. No. And it's no wonder that we have uh, such a, like, contrast to the MTV movie and tv awards Mm -hmm. which is this year hosted by a black comedian female Mm -hmm. identifying tiffany haddish has actually a queer kiss that was designed to be like a queer story and not like two women making out for the pleasure of the audience or right male gaze right um and so i and i totally agree that there's this like greater racial uh diversity greater like queer representation mm-hmm. in winners and nominees. Mm-hmm. Has this always been the case, Emma, for the MTV music and <laughs> Grace, that's a leading question because you know I was like Googling MTV movie awards from 2002. So like to circle back, what I was like interested in is like, okay, we lived through Oscar So White. Yes. Which was relatively recently. What was two years ago? It was 2016. And so we lived through that, and I was thinking to myself, like, okay, but, like, in what ways could we have been primed for that? Like, we needed to expect that. Because if we look back at the 2002 MTV Movie Awards, which we then, Grace and I took the liberty of doing... It was so white. white. So the hosts were Sarah Michelle Gellar and Jack Black. Yeah. Is that right? For 2002? Yeah. What was, like, the big... Wait... Fuck, I should have it pulled up. What was the big... Um, the acts that were featured performance by the White Stripes, lol. <laughs> Kelly Osbourne Wait. and Eminem. Is that what you meant? Yeah. Well, and if you go to... If you go to that... This one? Yeah. And if we look at, like, who was being nominated for shit... Oh, my it's God. Just, it's just, like, purely what... I mean, it's like Lord of the Rings, which, like... Regardless of how you feel about Lord of the Rings is, like, the whitest thing on the planet. Right. Um, You have... This is the year of Moulin Rouge. And then you have, like, Orlando Bloom, who's for Breakthrough Mail, winning for Breakthrough Mail. Um, And Mandy Moore winning for A Walk to Remember. Like, it's just, like... This is, like, a really formative year for us. Me, it is. In 2002, I was 14 years old. So it's, like, right at that peak of, like... You're coming out of early adolescence. You're, like, starting to try to gain a sense of self in a more concrete way. You're really interacting with the adult world more. And lo and behold, the adult world is here to tell you that the best kiss is between Jason Biggs and Sean William Scott in American Pie 2. Like, no wonder I have fucked up concepts of 
sexuality. Right. Right. That it's performative. That it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. And that it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like two fratty white boys kissing for Because, like, comedic, ha-ha, it's gay. Yeah. But it's not. Right. It's like an accident. Right. To generate millions of dollars. Oh, man. Okay, so I think the point that we we're just trying to, like, emphasize here... Yeah. ...is that we look at the difference between the content of the MTV Movie Awards from 2018 mm-hmm. versus the MTV Movie Awards that we bore witness to in 2002, and it just looks like a completely different time in our culture, right. which is super exciting to me. Yeah. There's all... I think it's, to your point, it's found... Um, it was predictive down the road of some of these challenges that we're facing with the Academy right now. And mm-hmm. it so exemplifies, like, who has power in this industry. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, yes, okay, they're they're making sure that this newest class has better representation. Not great representation, right. but better representation. And, um, with the, and with this, like, with the 2018 MTV video and movie, sorry, MTV Movie and TV Awards, can we anticipate that we can expect better representation because of the work being done now, whereas it's so obvious that the Oscars have the hashtag Oscars so white, Mm. and we have things like the Time's Up movement happening now, which will lead to better representation and, and better content, ideally, down the road, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, one step forward, two steps back, because Keeping Up with the Kardashians won Best Reality Series. I mean, did they see this season of RuPaul's Drag Race? Not even on a nomination. It is, it is. Oh, for, for, oh you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Vanderpump Rules, though. I have a soft spot. I've heard great things. Oh, my God. My favorite thing to do, so I know I mentioned I don't have access to live TV a lot, but when I do, it's usually because I'm on a plane, and I'm always usually trying to fly Southwest, because I love Southwest, and I get, uh, you can watch TV. I watched so much Real Housewives on this last trip to Denver. It was so good. New York! Which, like, I love New York. I like Beverly Hills, and I like New York. It's like, I don't like all these little suburban ones. Mm. It's not that fun for me. But Ramona's still around, so that's always fun. Do you ever watch it? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Blank stares. That's cool. Sorry. No, oh my gosh, it's fine. But the best kiss is from that movie Love, Simon. The best... Oh, okay, Michael B. Jordan. Best <laughs> best villain. But also Chadwick Boseman for for best hero. Um, Just some, you know... You're bonking me. Oh, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> uh, Just some exciting... Some things to be excited about. Yeah. Still bonking? No, no. Not Great. anymore. Um, and Tiffany Haddish did an impersonation of Cardi B being pregnant on stage and doing a performance. So amazing. Gosh, wish I had been able to watch this. So that's another thing that really, like, one of the first things out of your mouth was like, I don't watch live TV. Yeah. Do these shows have a place in the future? Like, are we going to want to sit through these because of the live spectacle that is live TV that we don't necessarily have in these scripted shows? Yes, and here's why. They generate so much content. Mm. Like, even if it's just for reproducing on social media, like, 
we need we need to generate events. It's almost like what we were talking about last week where it's like people still want to be together and to create a space, except in this context, it's less about like creating a space for creating connection and community, and it's more about creating a space to generate content. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande can generate a lot of really popular content from their hotel room, but right. like the amount of content you get by just looking at like people's outfits, people's interactions, the random shit that happens on the red carpet and on stage. Yeah. Like, I think about, like, we were talking about some of the most pivotal moments from past award shows from when we were growing up, and, like, just how many of them were those sort of, um, were those, like, unscripted moments. Right. So let's take it out to the red carpet really briefly because I feel like that's another space that has really exemplified like the changes that have happened in the ways that interviewers are called out for the different problematic things that they say or like, you know, women being able to have questions that aren't just like surface level or about how comfortable or uncomfortable they are or the designer like it has to be Manny Cam Manny Cam oh exactly Manny Cam where you put your fingers on this up against this little camera and you walk your fingers in front of the camera like is a that little... seriously what they did yes you oh, you hold your fingers in front of the this like little, little camera and then you walk them fingers. like little legs oh man I know um but I think that and also just the activism, what we saw at Cannes, mm. we saw with folks wearing all black to to stand in solidarity with Time's Up. Is like it those... Can or Con? Oh. Cons. Con. Con. Uh, I don't know. Um, but just the ways that folks have used that time as well to, which is also because it is unscripted and sort of. Mm. generates a ton of content because you have interviews with so many different people. Yeah. And different people interacting with one another. It's yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Like when Ryan Seacrest got, what was it, covered in flour? From... Oh, yeah. What's his face? I can't remember. Not Borat. Oh, I mean, it was Sasha. Ashes. It was, he was the dictator. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Whose wife is on our Instagram feed right now. Jenna Fisher? Or no? Isla. Isla Fisher. Isla? Oh. Can. Con. <laughs> Con. And the S is silent or not? <laughs> Wait, she's in our feed? She's in the... Oh, uh, there's a little picture of her. Oh, cool. Yeah. Lovely. Check it out. It'll be two weeks ago, but... <laughs> okay. Uh, we need okay. to talk about fashion. Okay, I'm so ready. Okay, so I've prepared because for me... Like, I always click on the, like, what did people wear at the Met Gala? Mm. What did people wear at the BET Awards? What did people wear to the Golden Globes? Like, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to Brittany Pagnet for being acknowledged at the BET Awards yesterday. Congrats. What a gem. Yeah, wow. She is, like, a shooting fucking star. If you're not following her, follow her at Ms. Pack Yeti. I feel like we mention her almost as much as we talk about Joy um, um, not sure that they've ever been lumped together categorically, but hmm. we're here to do it. Good question. You know, good thing to find out. Okay, so 
I have a couple, I have a series of questions for Emma based mm-hmm. on my research. This is a First, game? Yes. We have a couple stages. Oh, stages of the game? Stages of the game. Oh, fuck the yeah. The first is I'm going to list the outfit and the year and the location, like the awards. Oh, God. You're going to tell me who wore it. Oh! Okay? Okay. So we'll start with that. Is, is one of them? For example. Okay. For example. Okay. Swan dress. Bjork! I knew it! I knew it! Oh my god, you're trying to deafen me! Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just was already ready. I'm so glad. So, for example... Give me the fucking gold. (laughs) Give me the gold star. Game over. You win! (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Where's my A+. So I would say the swan dress, the Oscar is 2001. Great. Um, Okay, you're also going to get this one because it's maybe already been mentioned. Denim and diamond couples ensemble. So you have to name both people, including a matching denim and diamond purse and Mm -hmm. a denim cowboy hat at the American Music Awards in 2001. Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. Heck yeah. Ding. Um, uh, Iconic red pleather suit in a group photo where everyone looks like they just spent the day dressed to ski, but really just drank at the ski chalet bar. (laughs) I don't have a date for this. Or is it Joey Fatone? It's Joey Fatone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And InSync looks very, like, slopes ready. <laughs> okay. Burgundy see-through top with floral embroidery. Full burgundy silk skirt. 2002 Oscars. Halle Berry. Heck yeah. Sexually assaulted, maybe, by Adrian Brody? Yeah. Arguably, absolutely. Ugh. Who was apparently a total douchebag. Oh, we listen to this. This is the same podcast. Sometimes that happens. Okay. Tina Fey's least favorite Oscar host. (laughs) (laughs) SNL. Um, Shout out to Keep It. Dude, shout out so endlessly. Once the crossover episode, we're ready. (laughs) I hope you don't mind that I ate. Oh my god, yeah. Green gummy bear. Still eating gummy bears. Okay. Okay. You're going to get this one too. Purple wig. Purple one-armed jumpsuit, <laughs> left Tata covered in a purple shell pasty, 1999 VMAs. Welcome. So iconic. Oh my god, yeah. I think that was the first time I saw a boob. Mm. I mean, relatively speaking. Yeah. 99. Was the first time you saw a boob. <laughs> now you have a date for it. <laughs> okay, that, that concludes the first part. Part two. Mm. A multiple choice question. Mm-hmm. Destiny's Child has a number of impressive coordinated looks thanks to goddess Mrs. Tina Knowles. What did they wear to the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards one year? A sexy, like, coordinated sexy nurses, sexy Girl Scouts, sexy firefighters, or sexy pirates? Sexy pirates. No, it was sexy Girl Scouts. Oh. <laughs> Okay, here are some sub- subjective questions for us to discuss. Oh, good. Okay, so we have to weigh in on some late 90s, early 1000s fashion. Fashion. Okay. What red carpet style was the best? One, dresses over a pair of jeans, a la Jessica Alba, Misha Barton. Two, really feminine dresses paired with sneakers mm. uh, like a Lily Allen mm-hmm. 2006 or whatever mm-hmm. 
uh, or plaid gaucho pants with high heels. <gasps> a la, a like, lot. like Ashley Simpson. Okay. Or I feel like Gwen Stefani did that look a lot yeah. too. What was the second one? The second one was like feminine dresses paired with sneakers, like a oh. chunky sneaker. That would be my vote. Definitely the plaid gauchos oh, can go. Man. Gauchos in general. Gauchos. But I'm just like I'm a thigh heavy person, so the <laughs> idea of like really accentuating. <laughs> okay, best accessory. Okay. These are all like neck related. A long, long, very thin scarf that doesn't actually keep you warm. <laughs> a shawl made of the same fabric as your dress that sort of sits around your elbows all night and also doesn't actually keep that you warm. That was a big prom prom moment. Yes. And it was usually like iridescent. Yeah, exactly. Like, that sort of shimmery, like yeah. blue, blue and purple. Pink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, remember when that was a huge thing? Uh, of course. Like, I think of immediately of Julia Styles mm. and probably 10 Things I Hate About You wearing something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, like, always the tube top. Tube top or, like, spaghetti strap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So good. Okay. Or a tie as a as a scarf like, <laughs> or, like, over a regular shirt like Avril Lavigne. Right. Well, I wore that. Does that give me points? Did you really? Yeah. So I got a cool. tie from Hot Topic. Yes, you did. Yeah, summer before ninth grade. I don't think it ever really made it out in public. Mm. But I definitely it was just inspired. For you. It was for you. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where I got it and I felt cool. And then 24 hours later, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> How's this going gonna to work? Um, I had the same. I got this really intense pinstripe blazer from Hot Topic that had a skull on it. <laughs> like on the back or something? I can't remember if it was on the front or the back. Probably both. Probably actually both. <laughs> and I was like, this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever owned in my life. Yeah. And then I was like, where do you wear that? You don't wear that to school. Right. Or you're like, you try to like wear it to like, I don't know, like a family event and your mom is like, take that off. Right. <laughs> And you're like, but grandma, it's nice. Grandma does not want to see you in a pinstripe skull blazer. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, my vote is skinny scarf with no purpose. Love it. I'm going to say bring back the shawl made of the same <laughs> <laughs> And bring back the iridescent material. Yes. Is it blue? Is it purple? No one knows. Turn in the light. Do a little twirl. <laughs> Manny cam it up with your iridescent dress. Oh, man. Okay. Taffeta. What's the best kind of hat or headgear? <laughs> Fedora. Yes. Bandana. No. Bucket hat. Like a Kangol <gasps> bucket oh, hat. Oh, girl, you know those are coming back. I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is that what your choice would have been to bring back of the three? Yeah, but can we, like, do it a little differently? Like, I feel like we always paired bucket hats with, like, an unnecessary amount of other accessories. Oh, yeah. It was like, you have your board shorts, you have your t-shirt, then you have your button down over your t-shirt that you keep unbuttoned, then you also <laughs> have your high socks, you have, like, some hoop necklace on. Yes. You have um, some of those, like, fingerless skater gloves <gasps> that are also from Hot Topic that you saw Avril Lavigne wear. Yes. And then you have another pair of earrings on, maybe a couple necklaces, a tie, and a bucket hat. So if we just oh my get, god. We just get rid of everything else and like keep the bucket hat. 
Why did graduation pass when I couldn't wear this incredible outfit that you just described? Um, yeah. So my vote's bucket hat. And also, yeah. I don't want it in that, like, faded blue color. It's just... Oh, uh, what about, like, fringy on the end? You know what I mean? Like, sort of, um, frayed at the end? No, 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 <laughs> no. None oh. of that... Oh. Grace just cut a little mop. I'm sorry. None of that, like, intentional fraying. Okay. I just want it... I want it in, crisp. um... Yeah, I want it crisp. <laughs> I want, like, a J. Crew style. Like, I want a bucket hat that, like, comes in a khaki color... I guess okay. this is, like, borderline safari hat now. So, like, it comes in a khaki color, and you can wear it to the beach, and it looks clean and nice, and maybe you have a little bit of a pinstripe uh, border. Okay. Gentle Lion, get on it. Great. Lions? Is there an S on that? <laughs> is the S silent? <laughs> Episode name. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, last fashion question. Also, she's retired. I mean, not retired. She left. Oh. Just want to make sure the people out there know that she's I know. She's not a J. Crew anymore. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> a plus. Gold star. Great word. Gotta be uh, right. I wish Factory was a little bit better material, but. Factory? J. Crew Factory. Oh. You don't shop at the outlet malls? The factory, the loft. You go from the factory <laughs> to the loft. Okay. Yeah. Belts. We're talking about belts here. I already know what's coming. <laughs> a necktie as a belt. Oh my god. <laughs> a belt that, that just hangs loosely around your <laughs> hips for a show, but does not keep your pants or dress up. Yep. It's just sitting around it's your waist. There. Your yep. hips. Or one of those really thick, chunky belts with a big buckle at the waist. Thick, chunky belts. I <laughs> loved them. This was so... My, this was like my obsession. I had one of those. It was elastic. It yes. was bright blue. Yeah. I don't remember the buckle situation, but it was big. And I loved it. And I wore it over my pants. And I thought it was like the best. It did not go through my belt loops, to be clear. That was the look. It was like low pants and then a big, thick belt. That was the look for my... Oh, I'm thinking curve. about, like, around your waist. Oh. So, like, your middle. Either way, I'm down. Either way, just a thick buckle yep. belt. Yep. Love it. Where did those go? Remember we used to wear those around our dresses? That was, like, the thing? Yeah, totally. I had a lot of them for that purpose. <laughs> Where'd they all go? Well, then, this seems like it's prime. If fashion goes in circles, mm. we are so prime. And if it's the 90s are fashionable now, we're just primed for the Bring it back. big old buckles to come back soon. Red Carpet MTV Movie Awards next year. I'm going to go... Expect buckles. Yeah. What? Buckles are back. I'm going to go with though those, like, giant... Me like circles too, you know, that just serve no purpose. They just sort of hang. Oh, the ones that look like handcuffs linked together around yeah. your waist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Bring back. Sexy. <laughs> um, I just realized though that I I missed one throwback um dress. Do you wanna guess it? Yes. Okay. Backwards white tuxedo, white fedora. 
1999 Oscars. Celine Dion. Are these too easy? Yes. (laughs) Darn. I mean, they're just so iconic. They're so good. I'm so glad that you have all of those. I guess that you were going to do the Bjork one when you told me you were going to make up this game, but I also guessed you were going to do J-Lo in Valentino. I, okay, her look was iconic. I remember watching it in 2000 and being like, whoa! (laughs) Um... I didn't know how I would describe it. Mm. Like a very low cut, tropical green. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only reason I did it. Looks like a scarf. I don't know how to describe it. How did she do that? I think I thought when I watched it as a kid, or like how old we were, a teen, I think I thought that someday like my body would be in a place where that would work. Right. And now I realize why it was crazy. Yeah. I think tape, I think is what she said on the red carpet so at the dumb. time. Because I was like, okay. Mm. I miss when she was dating P. Diddy. Diddy? Sean Combs. Yeah. Combs. He has a new name, I thought. That's like, what I'm trying to Papa figure Love, out. Papa Love, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Father Love? Oh, shit. No. Oh, okay, never mind. That's Father John Misty. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about... Um, what about Ben Affleck? Were you supportive of that relationship? With J-Lo? Yeah. No. Were you? Uh, no, but I love the Jenny from the Block music video. Yeah. That was like when the very first access to streaming a music video was. I had AOL. Mm-hmm. And there was AOL music videos. And so you would wait like five minutes for it to download. And you could oh, watch fun. a music video. So that was definitely one that I watched a lot. That yeah. and like. Family Portrait by Pink. Oh, <laughs> Pink. Oh, man. Yeah. I wonder, I feel like they should all have, like, a club. Like, people who were, like, adult influencers of millennials when we were young. Mm-hmm. Like, they should all hang out and talk about how, how much they've impacted us. I think, you know, what they do is they stay connected to millennials by dating them. <laughs> <laughs> oh no which no shit who's Ben Affleck dating a nanny right oh man I don't know I don't know. yeah either. I think so cause that horrible tattoo oh sorry that was judgmental that interesting oh, are we not being tattoo. judgmental on this pod <laughs> wow I didn't get the memo to each their own yes um phoenix tattoo on his back right oh yeah I don't remember who that's for a though. tattoo only only a millennial could love. <laughs> Speak for yourself. If you had to get a giant back tattoo, yes. what would it be? Of? A flower. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Like one of those like beautiful black and white flowers. That's a good idea. Or maybe a bouquet. Ooh. Or maybe a vase. The vase goes up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. An entire table setting. <laughs> I want, like, a cornucopia. <laughs> What's that? It's like, you know, at Thanksgiving, that sort of, like, basket where it's like overflowing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, maybe just me. I'll get that. <laughs> you can get me, like, a cornucopia earrings. If I find them in Denver, I'll definitely buy the next millennial iconic uh, symbol 
Is it cornucopia? Cornucopia. A squ- butternut squash. <laughs> Gourds. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Should we talk about millennials in the news? Millennials in the news. What have we been up to lately? So we don't have one particular millennial we're shouting out, but I would love to talk about this Refinery9 article on staying at home. Refinery29. What did I say? Well, you said Refinery9. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, we're going to get sued by (laughs) Refinery29. Start our own website, Refinery9. (laughs) Refinery9. Um, so it's called Cancel Your Plans, Why Staying at Home is Cool Now. It's by Kate Monroe um, and released on June 22nd. And it, it brings up some um, data from Mintel, which is kind of, I don't know what Mintel is. But <laughs> well, they're not Pew, so. <laughs> I know, like, how can we trust them? But this particular stat has been in a number of news stories. Yeah, people got excited about this. And I'm a little confused. So I want to know <laughs> what your thoughts are. So the, the statistic from um, market research from Mintel, M-I-N-T-E-L, says that 28% of young millennials who are categorized as 24 to 31-year-olds prefer drinking at home. So that's not even the majority. Like, I don't understand why that feels newsworthy. Are, are, are people surprised that that... Like, that a third, almost, would prefer staying at home? Is that what's surprising? Why do you think this is sort of groundbreaking data Hmm. that people are gravitating towards? Um, I think, well, I think, I'm unclear. I think there's, like, I think this just, to me, is another indication of, like, people being really excited to write about Millennials, because I think it'll generate clickbait. So it's like less than the majority of all Americans, where 55% prefer drinking at home. Um, And it also says that 38% believe that staying out of bars and clubs means it's easier for them to control their alcohol. And like they're trying to figure out why. So people prefer a relaxing environment. People prefer to save money. They prefer to control how much alcohol they're imbibing. Yeah, so then Jennifer Golden, who calls herself an older millennial because, like, God forbid you get lumped in <laughs> with, like, Ariana Grande. Self-proclaimed Gronway. older millennial. Yeah. That's her bio. Um, and she also has her own podcast. Another, another call for a crossover episode. Yes. Um, she says... It's this whole dating idea of Netflix and, like, I'm going to sit on my couch and watch all the things that I could possibly watch and drink all my wine from Trader Joe's. Why would I leave my house? I can invite someone over to hang out with me. I don't know. I just feel... I feel like with this article in particular, it's just really trying to, like, fit the data to to exemplify patterns. Yeah. Like, um... I think the the calling up of, like, Trader Joe's and the calling up of Netflix and um, the calling up of this idea, like, another person that they talk to is someone who lives in New York City and who talks about the rent going up. Like, there's such a specific focus in on this certain type of millennial, and mm-hmm. it's, like, there are so many assumptions around that. We both 
feed into this idea that there's a certain type of millennial that fits at this certain sort of like mold that we can cast over all of us. And then also even like within the same article or the same sort of like media story, there's all these people who are contributing, who are self-identifying in ways that distract from this norm. Right. So it's like, I'm an older millennial, but I'm going to tell you that, like, all these millennials are, like, sitting at home and drinking Trader Joe's wine to Buck Chuck and are, like, watching Netflix. Or, like, a couple weeks ago when we talked about Michael and how he's, like, I'm not a millennial. Michael Redondo. Still can't wait for him to come on the show. (laughs) Or, like, um, or just, like, yeah, how people are, like, I'm not a millennial. Like, it's the same idea of, like, we identify these patterns and then we find a way as individuals to differentiate ourselves from these patterns totally um so that's what i have to say i think we're struggling to figure out the data and what it means yeah yeah and so when when folks use this sort of data point and everyone rallies around it it's sort of hard to know what to do with it and how like okay do we stay in now (laughs) yeah you know what i mean it's also tough because just hearing you say, like, people are rallying around it, like, right. I do think it's tough to understand, like, what is happening in the media that, like, this data point has literally generated multiple stories. So many, like, numerous stories is particular finding. Yeah. And I'd really love to understand and maybe even, like, talk to one of these reporters about, like, what what are you doing to progress our understanding of ourselves right. by writing this? Right. Like, what's your angle? Right. You're just covering this this research? Right. Because everyone else is, and you're a Refinery29, and you feel like you have to enter the conversation because you are a news media outlet specifically for millennials? That's a rhetorical question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I connected to this. I had this article that I put up. Here, that was also about how apparently millennials don't tip anymore. Yeah. So not only are we, like, not going out, but we're also not tipping. We're actually among the worst tippers, according to a new study. Again, I feel like this has so much to do with economic stability. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that, of course, even if we are, like, okay, so it's suggesting that it's going to impact us the most because we are also the generation most filling those roles that rely on tips. Mm-hmm. But if we don't have any fucking money, it's hard to fucking tip. Yeah, but they're also saying in this article that like it's ironic that we don't tip because so many millennials work in the service industry. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, we but work like, in the service industry. Right. So it's not a lot of disposable income. Right, and like their narrative is like you should know better because right. you work in the service industry, and like the narrative that it sounds like you're presenting is like, yeah, we work in the service industry, we don't make a strong wage, right, and therefore tipping is hard. Yeah, yeah, I think that if it like there's a depth of em- empathy if we are highly representative of folks who are in the service industry. But it's very easy to say, like, when I make more money, I will tip more because I will have the ability to not just spend $5 on this fucking latte, but also 50 cents worth tip. Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, no, nothing. They just quote this guy who owns a bar called Bua, which I love. Oh, cool. 
in the East Village, which employs 15 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think, though, that, um, like, on a less, um, obviously this is rallying me up, only because I just feel like it's so preposterous Mm -hmm. to, to criticize folks for, like, their economic positionality. Mm -hmm. How we think about money and how we exchange money is changing so dramatically, right? That, like, like, they mentioned in the article, and I don't, I mean, again, it's like they're really, like, pulling at everything, right? They're like, because of things like Uber, where, like, tipping is not part of the system, like, millennials are, like, getting out of the habit of tipping. Mm. And I think that's a little preposterous to say that, like, oh, because more people use Uber, that, like, people forgot that tipping right. is a thing. But, like, I do think that that what they're articulating about how, like, the way that we exchange money and the way that we, like, pay for services is evolving. And I think that that will... Um, change the way that we think about tipping. And then also I know that, like, because of the struggles of the economy and because of the high cost of living in so many urban areas, mm-hmm. that, like, some restaurants are including tip in their, in the final bill. Yeah, exactly. So, like... We... And, or, like, the raising of minimum wages to $15 mm-hmm. so that service industry folks are less reliant mm-hmm. on tips as a main part of their income. Yeah, but we also know that that's affecting people disproportionately, right? That totally, like, totally. There's... And, like, is tough for small businesses. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of sort of mm-hmm. ups and, uh, like, pros and cons. Right. And Con- as far as I can tell, there's, like, a very specific type of establishment that's going to, like, right. be able to do that. Definitely. And it's likely going to be, have a higher, um, have, uh, customers from a higher socioeconomic status mm-hmm. and it's likely going to be um surrounded by other establishments that are like putting a competitive edge on it oh interesting i make that up did you i just made it up i just made assumptions okay speculations we'll, we'll look up the data and get back to you all <laughs> pew <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find some pew data Where for you. Where you at? I wish we had, like, a phone Are you friends. suggesting that we use, we find data to just affirm what we believe to be true, Emma? <laughs> Isn't that what Emma everyone Shane. does? <laughs> I truly, I, I, I've been in that world of academia for long enough to know that that's generally what happens. <laughs> I also wish we had, like, a phone a friend or, like, a phone a pew where we could just, like, yeah. call someone up. That's why Pod Save the People has their data, resident data scientists. So we're looking for a data science intern for the summer, unpaid. <laughs> Don't come for us. We'll give you a great letter of rec, though. Just write it yourself and we'll sign off. Oh, I have a few housekeeping items. Fun. But I don't I know love if we're logistics. feeling ready to, to wrap up this combo. I'm ready. Okay. So... My I was in LA visiting my brother and sister in law and nephew John John John, John. and Sarah, and um, they said that they really wanted to call in to our last episode of, or um, to yeah last episode that we talked about weddings <gasps> that they had a really like burning response, and so I was just thinking that we should explicitly open up to you all as listeners that if you want to call in, just send us a voice memo like send us an audio file where you record your question to tbt mean? with oh. g n the letter n 
as in Nancy, e at gmail.com, tbt with g-n-e at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Send us your call-ins. We'd love to hear from you. Did you find out what their burning is? Well, they just wanted to say that um, they believe it is more narcissistic to make it um, individualized and personalized, a mm. wedding, and they think that that's okay. Mm. That it is your one opportunity to be as selfish as you want. Mm. Um, and this is a couple who did their wedding. I think there was 18 people. It was very small, very intimate. And that meant that like my grandparents weren't there. Like it was something that ended up having these sacrifices, but they had such a beautiful, special, personalized event Mm -hmm. and seemed like, and don't have any regrets about it. So I think they just want to call in and say, do what you want to do because it's your day. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, if you all have responses to this episode or previous episodes, please feel free to call in. Yeah, I can't wait. What's your throwback of the week? Oh, yes. <laughs> I love it when they just happen. So I was returning a rental car, and um, I will say that when I was driving through the Rocky Mountains the other day, there was like a lot of limitations in terms of radio, and so I ended up listening to a lot of throwbacks, but not many, mostly catered to folks who are a little bit older, so a lot of music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Love it. Yeah, I heard Summer of 69 like four times. <laughs> didn't even know didn't even know that song was still being played. And I was uh, driving out of the car rental place um, and Enrique Iglesias Hero Oh my god came on. Which just brought me back to so many things because captured in Enrique Iglesias' music video for Hero are a few things. One, him. I mean, I just had such a crush on him. His hat, his hats, uh, sorry, plural, with the, like, curved brim. Yeah. Oh, my God. The baseball, the the baseball baseball hats. Yeah. It was, like, it was a spinoff of the 90s when boys wore those baseball caps with the curved brim backwards, sometimes forward, sort of, like, Like varsity blues style. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But his were, like, a little bit, they were kind of, like, the trend was... They were like a mix between what was that? A mix trucker between hat. A, yeah, like a mix between a trucker hat, a boat hat. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, whatever. <laughs> a trucker hat, a boat hat, a jeep Ahoy! hat, <laughs> a yacht hat. <laughs> um, and his mole yes, was still the present. RIP when he got his mole removed. Yeah. So that's a TBT. That's TBT a TV. to the mole. Yep. TBD to Jennifer Love Hewitt, who was in that video. Yes. She was such an epic star of the 90s and early aughts. Yes. And she deserves special, special recognition. We should probably bring her back for another episode. Yeah. Also, the three-name female... Yes. ...situation. Melissa Joan Hart. Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Wait, that's who we started with, right? Yeah. Oh, and then Jennifer Love Hewitt. Who was the star of Josie and the Pussycats? Rachel Lee Cook. Rachel Lee Cook. There's another one. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Great. Okay, we got to brainstorm that. Yeah. So that, okay, so we've got Jennifer Love Hewitt. Then we also have the fact that, my gosh, Enrique Iglesias used to bring women into his music video and spark rumors about whether or not he was dating them. Mm. There were so many rumors surrounding him and JLH. Mm-hmm. But then he was actually dating Anna Kornikova. You can run, you can <laughs> 
Twilight. One more time for the people (laughs) in the back. Grace has sung like four times on this episode. I don't know what's special about today. Was it the gummy bears? Like, what's going on? It's it's being fun employed and like literally having nothing to do all day, but practice your like also not talking to anyone all day i'm um, just saving it all for you girl nice the vocal cords are like we want to do everything <laughs> bring us up an octave bring us down an octave yeah okay so there are my tbts okay that's such a that was so layered <sighs> so many things that you hit on did you know that he and anna kornikova ended up having kids they have twins oh, i didn't know that yeah are they still <gasps> together or no yeah they're still together as oh. far as i know also Celebrities with twins. Oh yeah, that's upcoming its, episode. Yeah, that's its own episode for yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, all the names: Mariah Carey, Beyonce. And I will say that I think Jennifer Love Hewitt is wearing like very low Britney Spears from Crossroads style jeans in that music video. Yeah. I can and see the that. and the white like t situ t shirt mm-hmm. thing situation. Yeah, let's bring back that patch of skin between where the t-shirt ends and your low-rise jeans for kids. And like just below the belly button, right above the pubis muscle. <laughs> and just pray you don't get, like, early onset happy trail or that you don't have an exceptionally high butt crack. How embarrassing. I love my body, but my butt crack is way too high. <laughs> Um, okay, so... Do you have a TBT? Yeah, I'm glad that you like singing, because that's what mine is about. Yay! I just want to throw back to the sounds. So, I sometimes struggle to articulate my words, in that I get really lazy vocally. I have a hard time even saying my name sometimes. Not today! Well, today, I'm on... This is my radio voice. (laughs) But, like, Tony gets really mad, because I say, instead of picture I say picture and instead of like internship I say internship <laughs> okay so Tony does not need to come for you with your vocabulary take a picture of it um so I get really lazy and small I'll like fall down my mouth I have like I just I love my name but grace is hard for me to say um and so I just want to give a shout out to the way that folks sang in the 90s and early thousands because there is such good like <laughs> so on like you have the one side which is like Britney Spears and Jessica Sin- I was okay so on the drive up drive down to Palo Alto today mm-hmm. I was listening with Zach to this thousands radio mm-hmm. and one of the songs that came on was we're here we're here we're here that Jessica Simpson song. Anyway, listen to it. Oh my Classic. God. In it, she like makes all these jokes about the newlyweds, that TV show that she and Nick Lachey were on. Really? Yeah. Worth a rewatch. <laughs> anyway. No, I mean, she makes jokes about herself and well, she's song? like eating chicken of the sea. Oh, that's you funny. Know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because of her iconic, is it chicken or fish? So that whole like, you know what yeah, I mean? That kind yeah. of singing. And then on like on the even like grungy indie side or even like fucking Creed, where Creed is like Eddie Vedder, who's just totally like Oh my god, I wish the blowfish like 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I 100% know what you mean, but I just, like, really wish that people could see your body convulsions right now because, like, the amount of upper body vibration that happens, like, it's a whole, it's a whole body experience to get your voice to sound like that. Yeah. So I just want to shout out, like, the ways that we manipulated our voices, or, like, artists manipulated their voices. I was going to say, was this so a collective mil- effort? So that, like, these necess- weren't necessarily millennials singing that way. Some, mm-hmm. some were, some weren't. Mm-hmm. But just what we were hearing on the radio. It was very muffled. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, I do. So just want to shout out to like that. <laughs> Good I, shout out to the yeah, like, what do we TBT. call it? Do we call it like breathy, tonal? Like, I feel like it's all, like, in the tongue and lips, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like, curve your tongue a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But on the, like, for pop artists to rock stars. Right, right. <laughs> what? It, can, you, can you name a song? Can we do... Um, when our arms wide open. Exactly, exactly. That or, like... Oh, my own sales fine. Like, um... What's what's a Counting Crows one? No, I guess Counting Crows less, but Hootie and the Blowfish for sure. Like, hold my hair. Do you know um, Darius Rucker? No, what? Do you know Hootie and the Blowfish? Yes. Okay. Is he the lead singer? Yeah. Oh, didn't know that. I thought he, his name was Hootie. I know that's a, that's <laughs> so fun. Like that's the sad truth about I think his career for a while. Now he's a solo artist and he does oh. mostly country music. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Remember when Friends went to a Hootie and the Blowfish concert in the film, in the show Friends? I can't remember that episode. Ugh. I definitely saw it. It was such a good crossover moment. Was Were they in the episode? No. Oh. They sat in like a four-person theater. Like it was like it. very staged, but it was just nice because it was like very, like I feel like Friends didn't often like reference really like time stamping sure, moments, sure. but it was a nice time stamp. Yeah, totally. Only other timestamp they had was like Elliot Gould. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Um, um, but also, also, I mean, um, like Eddie Vedder. Yeah. That kind of thing. People will come for you right now. Like what? people are gonna be like, I am gonna call into your show. You, the Eddie Vedder, because people love Eddie Vedder. I mean, I'm not. Eddie- I'm shouting it out. <laughs> I feel like Eddie Vedder, it's like Eddie, it's like the mumble, it's like the mumble yeah. singing. I don't know. I feel like people are going to be like, he was not mumble singing. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> Call in. We'll definitely play that phone call. <laughs> no, I just, I think it's amazing. And I think that it's so fun to sing now and to like listen. It feels very dated. Yeah. Yeah. Even Eddie Vedder has toned it down since his, uh, what was the name of the... Um, Pearl Jam? Pearl Jam. Yeah. He's toned it down since yeah. the Pearl Jam days. Yeah. Because even he was like, that was a little affected. Oh. Uh, well, that's a good TBT. Thank you. Both of ours were... You know, they're kind of interconnected. I can be your hero, baby. I really like to do impressions of people doing impressions of other people. Like impressions <laughs> Who of... Who was that? Well, like, when you, like, attach a, like, a Shakira voice to an Adele. I've done this Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the Shakira Adele. I can't remember. I can't remember the song that I do. Hello, right? No, it's the other one. Hello from the outside. 
tell. Oh man. Thank you for our guest guest participant, <laughs> Shagira. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh-huh. Cool. Great. Well, Emma, Grace, happy early birthday. Thank you. Happy first week in your program right now. Thanks. Also, um, I think one more thing to add is the world is tough right now. Yes. And I think we haven't acknowledged that directly, but I think I know it's something that's kind of like underneath the surface a lot. And actually was, I think, for me was a real motivator to actually the premise of this podcast because I think so much of the world doesn't make sense right now and whether we're trying to be nostalgic as a mode of escape or a mode of deeper understanding like TBD on that but um I think just taking a moment to acknowledge that I really appreciate that for sure thanks Emma thanks Grace see you all in a fortnight in a fortnight